0: So this week on the show, I want to highlight some collaborations that I've been recently doing with Heather Parity over on the Happy Brain podcast. Now, if you're new to the show or if you're just not aware, uh, we have a second podcast. It's called Happy Brain. It's all about mental health. It's focused on interesting, unique, weird ways to improve your mental health, manage your mental health, and be a little bit happier each day. And uh, as part of that, Heather and I have been doing a number of collab episodes where we respond to listener questions, we discuss important topics like toxic masculinity or or others, and we just sort of highlight the main differences between our our philosophies when it comes to to personal improvement and uh, mental health specifically. So I'm going to hand the baton over to Heather. She can explain what this episode is going to be about. But I do want to let you know that if you want to hear more of these, if you like these collabs, head over to the Happy Brain podcast. Just search Happy Brain with Heather Parody on your favorite podcast app or click the link in the description of this episode. So enjoy the episode.
1: I don't know about you, but if you can find a group of people who will give you really honest feedback, tell you the truth, you got to hold on to those people. In the personal development space, there's this idea of mastermind groups, and that's essentially their purpose. So you get a group of people together to kind of hold each other accountable, give each other very honest feedback about whatever you're working on, whether it be a business goal or a personal goal or whatever. Mastermind groups are pretty cool if you've never been a part of one, but that's not exactly what today's about. What if I told you that the author of Think and Grow Rich, one of the most popular personal development books out there, Napoleon Hill, advocated that you could have a mastermind group with dead people. Yeah, it just got dark, didn't it? Welcome to another episode of Happy Brain. My name is Heather Parody, and thank you for joining us as we explore the fun side to mental health by digging into the simple hacks and fun tips to make your mental health journey more enjoyable and your brain a little happier. Hey y'all, welcome to today's episode of Happy Brain. If this is your first time listening, I am so grateful that you are here. My name is Heather Parody. I am your host. In every episode, we look at one actionable mental health tip that maybe you've never heard of before. And I guarantee you, what we're going to share with you today is going to blow your mind. But before we get started, I'm so excited. We started a new community for our listeners. It's completely free and it's over on Discord. If you never heard of Discord, it's not super hard. You can find all the information at tlbc.co forward slash community that is linked in the show notes or of course teamed up with Tiny Leaps Big Changes. So you can connect with listeners from that show or this one over at tlbc.co forward slash community. Hope you head over there. We're having a good old time. Speaking of Tiny Leaps, Big Changes, every few episodes ago, I connect with Greg, who is the host of that show, and we discuss a mental health tip, topic, philosophy, and kind of dig in just a little bit. I brought this topic. It's called, I think Napoleon Hill called it the Board of Invisible Counselors or Directors or something. More about that later. But I wanted to make sure that Greg actually, I'm sure he did, but knew who Napoleon Hill was. Has he ever read Think and Grow Rich?
0: I've read the book and I I know the stories about how he's actually a scam artist. Everything you know in personal development is a lie, Heather.
1: Why is he a scam artist?
0: Uh, he never actually interviewed any of the people that he claims to.
1: Where did you get this information?
0: It's, I want to say it came out in the last like year and a half, two years. It's all over the place. You can find it pretty easily.
1: Oh, He's hurting my feelings. I'm not sure I believe Greg. I think... Greg is a conspiracy theory. Don't tell him. But for all for real, Napoleon Hill has changed my life and a lot of different people. So I'm staying optimistic about this one. But let's get back to this invisible board of directors. This is a quote from Napoleon Hill's book that digs into what in the world I'm talking about with dead people and all that. Here we go. Quote, long before I had ever written a line for publication or endeavored to deliver a speech in public. I followed the habit of reshaping my own character by trying to imitate the nine men whose lives and life works have been most impressive to me. These nine men were Emerson, Payne, Edison, Darwin, Lincoln, Burbank, Napoleon, Ford, and Carnegie. Every night over a long period of years, I held an imaginary council meeting with this group whom I call my, quote, invisible counselors. The procedure was this. Just before going to sleep at night, I would shut my eyes and see in my imagination this group of men seated with me around my council table. Here, I had not only an opportunity to sit among those whom i considered to be very great but I actually dominated the group by serving as the chairman. I had a very definite purpose in indulging my imagination through these nightly meetings. My purpose was to rebuild my own character so it would represent a composite of these characters of my imaginary counselors. Realizing, as I did early in life, that I had to overcome the handicap of birth in an environment of ignorance and superstition, I deliberately assigned myself the task of voluntary rebirth through the method here described. In these imaginary council meetings, I called on my cabinet members for the knowledge I wished each to contribute, addressing myself to each member in audible words as follows, quote, Mr. Emerson, do you like my Napoleon Hill voice? Mr. Emerson, I desire to acquire from you the marvelous understanding of why am I talking British? Let me try that again. <laughs> quote, Mr. Emerson, I desire to acquire from you the marvelous understanding of nature which distinguished your life. I ask that you make an impress upon my subconscious mind and whatever qualities you possessed, which enabled you to understand and adapt yourself to the law's of nature. I ask that you assist me in reaching and drawing upon whatever sources of knowledge are available to this end. And then he goes on to say that Emerson responded to him. Pretty crazy, right? So what's interesting is there's some debate whether Napoleon Hill was actually using his imagination or if he believed that these people were real, which there's some text there which suggests that he believed that they did start to take life form. So we're not going to get into that right now. But whew, it's kind of crazy, isn't it? <laughs> I had to know what Greg thought about this.
0: Yeah. I mean, my initial thought is I don't like the framing of it. And that's not to speak on any of the like validity around its value but like the framing it's, it's very similar in my mind to um, the conversation we had on like talking to inanimate objects. Like it's kind of like a place to put that side of your personality in order to have a conversation with it. Like, I think I do a similar thing and like, I I, I talk all the time on the show and and, uh, with Rachel and and people that I I sort of engage with. Like I trust my subconscious to a, Weird degree. Like it has never failed me when I'm struggling with something or I can't quite figure out what direction to go in, or um, there's a, especially with coding, like there's a problem I just can't figure out. Without fail, I tell myself my subconscious is going to deal with it. I know I need to get to like sort of like a minimum place of understanding the problem, but as soon as I get there, give me two, three days of not thinking about it, not worrying about it at all. And all of a sudden, I know exactly what I need to do. And that's happened my entire life. I think that's something we all can sort of rely on. Uh, but it feels very similar to me. If you don't use a language of this is my subconscious finding the answer. And you're using the language of like, well, I'm calling this panel of dead people to to give me the answer like that. I personally don't like that framing, but if that's what someone needs to do to to get to that place, then go for it, I guess.
1: So you talked about tapping into your subconscious. How do you know you tapped into your subconscious? Is it like a knowing or?
0: It's not really like a knowing thing. It's this like trust in the process of if I get to a, a certain place and understanding what the problem is, historically, three, four days later, I have the answer that's just happened over and over in my life and and so for me that is my subconscious working through it and 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 because it's certainly not me like sitting and crunching at it like pretty much every time I'm stuck and I try to force the answer I just get more and more stuck and confused but if I let it go and and just sort of let the the part of my brain that is constantly operating that that I'm not aware of if I let that do its thing I come back with the answer a few days later so I, I don't know that it's something I'm like, like, there's no feeling of, like, okay, I'm in my subconscious now. It's just, it happens.
1: Sometimes I wonder if, you know, talking about all this, are we just not giving ourselves enough credit? Like, are we really just smarter than we think? Or is there a spiritual element that when we kind of step to the side, something moves in and downloads some stuff to us?
0: I think there are a lot of connections that we, can make that the when we try to force them to happen, they get harder because we get in our own way like we overthink things we add uh, uh, things that we are unrelated because we're not sure if they're related or not like when when we're involved, we make the whole thing messier than it actually is for me, the way that I look at it when my subconscious is doing the work it's just processing. All of the stuff that that I took in, so maybe I read and and uh, going back to coding as an example, because that's probably the most like challenging thing that I'm I'm learning right now. Um, on an average day, when I sit down to work on a new feature or whatever it might be, I maybe have a general idea of how I could do it, but then I'm pulling up. 20, 30 tabs of different things I need to search, different functions that I need to learn or, or verbiage or whatever it might be. Things that I don't even know exist yet. I'm literally just Googling how do I do blank and then finding answers on places. And I might read 20, 30 different pages of things, none of which help me actually answer the problem. But there's information on all of those 20 pages that I've now taken in, And that's sort of that minimum level of understanding what the problem is that I need to get to but I'm not physically capable of like sitting there and crunching through that like I just don't think I'm like consciously smart enough for that however I think the subconscious does a significantly better job of filtering that stuff out and if you kind of direct it towards this is the problem I'm I'm worried about in my experience it it does that for the 20 30 pages of things I read and filters out the stuff that doesn't matter and helps me sort of find what the actual important stuff was.
1: So according to Google, which you know is valid research, it says that subconscious is defined as, quote, concerning the part of the mind of which one is not fully aware, but which influences one's actions and feelings. Gregory, how do you define subconscious?
0: The part of your brain that is functioning to to keep you alive and, and make things work. The same part of your brain that I can't remember the name of the term right now, but you know how that phenomenon where you learn about something like, say, a particular type of car. And then all of a sudden, like all you see is that car.
1: OK, what he's referring to here is called the, quote, frequency illusion. And this is a direct read from Wikipedia it says frequency illusion, also known as the Bader Menhof, I think I'm saying that right, phenomenon, or frequency bias is a cognitive bias in which after noticing something for the first time, there's a tendency to notice it more, lending someone to believe that it has a high frequency when really it's just we're starting to notice it.
0: There is that filtering process. We're constantly taking in more information than we than we can possibly handle on a day-to-day basis. And and so we are constantly filtering stuff out. This is why Something might happen next to us and we don't even realize it happened because our focus is elsewhere. I think that whatever is tackling that is what I consider the subconscious.
1: So I'm going to try to summarize this. What I'm hearing Greg say is that perhaps Napoleon Hill was using this exercise of the invisible board of directors to give himself permission, I guess, to tap into his subconscious. And maybe he used this board to release himself enough to be able to hear what was maybe already there.
0: Yeah, and I would say maybe not even tapping into his subconscious because the whole point is like it's not really something you can directly engage in it's just happening but I would say that it's similar like it and and again going back to that like inanimate objects episode it's giving you a place to remove yourself from the critique and the judgment and all of the stuff that we add on top of things when we're when we're conscious uh, and putting that into another character, you're now responding as the character. You're now thinking as that character rather than as Heather Parody or Greg Clunas, the nervous, anxious wreck that, that he is on a day-to-day basis.
1: Alter ego almost.
0: It's very similar to the alter ego. Uh, it, it's kind of just separating who you are and who you know yourself to be from the this other thing that allows you to help yourself figure out the answers that you already know you just can't really access. That, that's how I view it.
1: It's every movie plot in the world is us like releasing that veil and the character actually stepping into like what a badass they actually are. Even yeah. though for some reason in real life, we all try to protect ourselves from that person even though they're already mm-hmm. there. And that's why we freaking love all these movies because we're like, that's us. <laughs> that was a crazy episode, y'all. That was crazy. But listen, I want to hear from you. Is there a topic that you would like to see covered on Happy Brain? Is there a recent mental health hack that you've heard of that is so simple and fun and you want other people to know about it? Send us a DM over on Instagram. It's linked in the show notes at happybrainfm and tell us all about it. Listen, y'all, whether it is using the law of attraction learning some optimism or, hey, getting some feedback from some dead people you admire. (laughs) We just hope you take a moment for yourself today, my friends, and keep that brain of yours happy. Thank you for listening to another episode of Happy Brain. If you enjoyed this, make sure you hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you have an extra second, leave us an honest review over on iTunes or your Apple podcasting app. And until next time, my friends, keep that brain of yours happy.